Hey everybody, it's Dave here and Darren over there, and we're here today, the day before Vikings training camp, to talk about your Minnesota Vikings. We've got three themes today. First one, we're going to talk about the Rooks. The Rookies report tomorrow to camp. Should be fun, should be interesting. Some of them have a chance to compete for starting positions. We'll discuss who they are. The others, hopefully, will compete for backup roles. And hopefully all of them excel and do outstanding. Then we're going to go on to an in-depth look at the present roster. Who's on it? Who sits where? Sort of a depth charty type post. And who might move up and who can compete for what positions? It's going to be interesting on that one because there is some conflict in the making. And then lastly, we're going to talk about our backup quarterback situation. We all know Kirk Cousins rarely, if ever, gets hurt. But that makes us wonder, what happens if he does? Will Sean Mannion or Kellen Mond step up? We know we got rid of Nate Stanley. We'll talk about it because it makes us worry just a little bit. Climb in the pocket, Aiden Norseman and Lake Monster Brewing presents. Two old bloggers. Hey there, everybody. David Darren here. We are ready to start this season, and it starts tomorrow with Vikings training camp. So let's get into it. Want to wish everybody hello, Drew and Purple Haze, and everybody else that's watching and has not commented yet. I can see you. Ooh. <laughs> um. Off to this. Let's start this off. The day before Vikings training camp, right? Training camp, the rookies come and report tomorrow. We, the, we then have on Tuesday, Kwese Adolfo Menza and Kevin O'Connell gives their press conferences. On Wednesday, the veterans report. And then on Monday, August the 1st, Everybody puts on pads, and we get to see some hitting, which I can't wait. Let's go. Let's go. Hey there, Steve. All right. Now, let me fix this real quick. We are off to theme one. As soon as I scroll down far enough, boom. And it's the rookies. Rookies. Report tomorrow. Here are your drafted rookies there in the screen. There's also some undrafted ones that are going to be trying to compete to make the 53. You wanted to talk about this, Darren. Let's start it off. I do because the uh, the Vikings had, a, as usual, a large draft class, but not maybe not as large as the past two years. But uh, we know that the, the Vikings have, uh, you know, uh, a – Fairly veteran roster, uh, a bit top heavy, and really the 
one of the when you get these new draftees, you get very excited about the future and what they might present and how they might impact the Vikings roster. But we're really looking at it like a, what uh, what are the chances that these rookies have of really uh, a making the team and maybe being in a starting position. Um, they, when I look at the Vikings roster, I don't see a ton of real big time battles at positions, but there are a few and the rookies do, uh, I think, figure in to uh, those three of those that I'd, I'd like to highlight. Uh, I think, you know, the, the first one that I think is uh, is up for grabs is we've talked about it a number of times is the right guard position. Uh, right now, Jesse Davis looks like he's the front runner for that. Uh, but, um, you know, D- Davis is what I would uh, des- describe as uh, I think you would do David as a, as a journeyman player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, you know, he's uh, and the Vikings have only signed him to a one year, not very, very much of a, a, a price tag to him. They don't have a whole, whole lot, uh, I think, committed to him uh, except for this one year. Uh, I think, you know, so journeyman kind of off offensive uh, lineman brought in and free agency. Uh, and when he's played, he's not been fantastic. Uh, very poor as a tackle, better as a when he played as a guard and right good now he is in the starting right guard position. But he looks like the favorite, but I think that you've got to watch out for Ed Ingram, the second round pick out of LSU here. Uh, I believe he still hasn't signed his contract. Uh, and uh, I don't know. And uh, I, I believe we read some stuff in the spring spring workouts that that was limiting him. He wasn't taking part in everything because he hadn't signed his contract. I don't know if that's going to that spring and maybe some of the lack of the work he got uh, on the field may hold him back a little. Uh, we'll see. But keep an eye on Ingram and Jesse Davis I think that those are the two guys in the mix for the starting right guard position. Davis right now is the front runner, it appears, because he's a veteran. He's been there. He's done that. He's started many games in the NFL. I think the Vikings uh, know what they have with him in the most part, and I think that they feel that uh, his struggles at tackle aren't as big of an issue uh, because they've got him at right guard. We'll see about that. But Ingram is – I wanted to get on – you're talking about unsigned. Booth is also unsigned. Yes. Um, they both are. And our friend of the show, Will Raggetts, talked about that this week, a couple days ago, that they're both unsigned. And it looks to be because it's not that they're going to not practice. Most likely they will do some sort of insurance policy, you know, that we'll sign, blah, blah, blah. We'll play until this eventually gets worked out. But the whole purpose why these round two players are not signed is over guaranteed money. In everybody knows that there's a rookie pay scale. So everybody's yep. slotted in at their certain spot. There's nothing they can do about it. They're going to get that money range. What the argument over is there was a couple of teams that guaranteed money to some second rounders. I think it's in the CBA that first rounders have to be for X amount of time or whatever their contracts are guaranteed. Well, they've done it for some of the second rounders. Well, that's causing some of these second rounders to go, hey, if Team X guarantees for three years, right, my salary, I want three years guarantee. 
Of and course. It's, and it's coming down to whether they get one year guaranteed, whether they get two years guaranteed, whether they get one and a half, two and a half, or three years guaranteed money on that rookie pay scale. You know, and it's not a bad deal. You know, hey, you're scheduled to make so much and you're guaranteed for three years. If you're a bust, it's the best thing possible for you. Um, but that's the sticking point. That's why they have not signed yet. Now, I do expect with both of these players that they will have some sort of insurance policy there and that they will practice as normal come once camp really kicks off in earnest. Well, we, we hope that does happen because, you know, if for – in order for Ingram to unseat De- Jesse Davis, he, he, you know, he has to a have a, I think, a strong training camp, uh, and b have a strong preseason. Uh, it, at at you know at LSU last year, from what I read, his tape in 2021 was uneven. Had some good games, had some bad games. It actually was better the previous year. Uh, so a tough break for Ed Ingram in his in his draft year to not put his best foot forward on the field. But uh, yeah. But he was a very considered a very strong pass blocking mm-hmm. guard. Well, and as we Drew know the, said, he only gave up two sacks. Yeah, you and know we know that the Vikings really Vikings really really struggled on the interior, uh, both run blocking but in pass blocking. We know that Cousins really doesn't like getting people in his grill up the middle. So you, you got to look at Ingram as uh, if he has a strong training camp. Davis is just kind of you know Jesse Davis. They could go with the Rook Dog uh, looking at, you know, deciding that the future is now, not next year or the year after. Uh, so that's one big, uh, I think, training camp battle at right guard where a rookie drafted in the second round, Ken uh, Ingram, something to watch there. That could be a battle. Uh, I think another uh, spot uh, where there's, there's a battle is the third cornerback spot, the nickel spot, where right now I think uh, it's uh, – uh, Shannon Sullivan was assumed when he got signed that he would be the nickel guy, but his grades, PFA, PFF grades were not very good. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, and I confirmed this morning, I reached out to a buddy of mine, Matthew Collar, and I said, who is taking time with the ones when it comes to nickel, right? Because this does not impress me whatsoever. And he goes, it's nope. Chandler Sullivan. And I'm like, oh. Chandler Sullivan's been in the league four years. He's only had one good year, and that was 2019. So hopefully they can bring him back to that. But everybody can see there, that is not good. You need to be, you know, 60s average in PFF. You want to be at 70 to be average in, you know, compared to your compadres. And when you're scoring in the 50s, that's not even close. And why they have him running with the ones, I don't know. We talked about other free agent draft choice or free agent signing, Nate Harrison. You could see his yep. grades there. They are better. But he got hurt last year. And uh, and they're not, he's not running with the ones. And I figured he would have a better chance because he came with Ed. Donatel. But no, it's Chandon Sullivan. And I hope that I hope it doesn't stay that way. Well, that's where 
you know, I feel that Andrew Booth Jr., you know, he's a guy that could sneak in there. Some people, uh, some um, football writers out there have actually have Booth right now uh, beating out Dantzler on the outside corner and being starting alongside Patrick Peterson. I don't, you know, we've talked about this on the show before too, Dave. I don't see that happening. I think Dancer, it's Dancer and Peterson. Uh, but, uh, you know, the nickel spot, hey, if Booth can play that, uh, very talented guy. I don't think he played much nickel at all at, at Clemson. You know, they had him on the outside. But, uh, you know, he, he's got, you know, fantastic athletic traits. Uh, he might, if he's looking for playing time, uh, the, the nickel spot, the third cornerback spot could be, uh, if he shows he's got an aptitude for it, mm-hmm. I, and Chan and Sullivan is Chan and Sullivan, even though he played at last year on a third, he got a significant amount of snaps on a 13-3 and three team that won the division. But, you know, again, the grades say he's not that good. And so I think that's something to watch. If Sullivan struggles, Booth really shines in training camp and, again, in preseason, then I don't see, again, uh, Sullivan is signed for one year, I think at one point, you know, just over $1 million. He's only guaranteed 650000 bucks. They've got, you know, uh, one year invested in him, not much cash. Uh, I don't think they've got, you know, any ties to him, any, re- you know, I don't think it's, it's going to be a big deal to them to, to move on and not, and uh, not, uh, and, you know, they're not right. going to stick with Sullivan if uh, just because he's a veteran. Uh, again, you know, I hope not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if he proves that he's the best guy out there, sure. But I think, again, this is a battle to watch out for Sullivan and Andrew Booth Jr. for the third, the nickel corner spot. Uh, the, the other one, which uh, to watch out for, is uh, the safety position where right now rookie Lewis Seen appears to be, he's the favorite. He's and you know they first round draft pick. He was the first guy that the Vikings picked, number thirty two overall. Fantastic athlete, uh, ferocious hitter. Got great leadership qualities. Very intelligent. You know, I, I love what I've seen from seeing at least off the field so far. And on the field, the measurable measurables are great. Uh, however, he has not played in the NFL yet. Uh, the guy who is competing for his spot right now is Cameron Bynum. Didn't play a ton last year, but when he did, he showed, you know, flashed some plays, had that sack against the Chargers, had the interception in the other game that he that he started against the Ravens. Uh, we hear that the Vikings might run a lot of the three safeties and play him mm-hmm. a lot, but I don't think it's guaranteed that Seen is the is the starter at that position. Cameron Bynum is not going to just hand him that job. Uh, he's a hungry guy. He's an intelligent guy. Uh, played corner at Cal, as we know, so he's got a lot of versatility. I think that, you know, again, if Seen has trouble adjusting to the NFL, the speed of the game, uh, you know, the complexities of the game, uh, then and Bynum does what he did last year and make plays, then – uh, the, again, he may force the Vikings coaching staff hand to give him the starting job instead of Seen. And, you know, Seen could still play a lot. He doesn't have to be the starter. And I don't think it's any really big disappointment if he were not to start this year. It'd be a bit of a surprise. But if Bynum is the better player, uh, then you got to give him the job. And, mm-hmm. you know, you look at it next year, Seen maybe takes over for uh, Bynum takes over for Harrison Smith, however that works. And Seen is the other guy. Anyway, I just I think something to watch there. Uh, I agree, Drew. That the you know, it's, not, it's, I don't think Biden's going to get it. Yeah, seems he's unlikely, but 
Now, but what I want to see is we know how Bynum played well last year, and he does come from a cornerback background. Could he move into the slot, call it a dime, call it a nickel, call it whatever the heck you want? But are you going to get more production if you move, say, Bynum into the slot or seen into the slot and Bynum back there, where you have all three safeties out on the field, right? Get more production than if you had Sullivan at the nickel position in the slot or Harrison or uh, Booth or Dantzler or whoever you want to pick. If you move one of these guys into the slot, I think that's pro- my Dave's opinion. We're going to have to wait and see, see what Ed Donatel does. If um, they move him in, you get greater production and greater, you know, defensive back across the board, you know, it's a stronger unit. Will it happen? It's up to Ed Donatel. So I hope so. Indeed, yes. Uh, and yeah, but again, they, they've talked about getting all three of them on the field. I don't think you're going to have three guys playing safety. <laughs> right. So one of them is going to be chasing around, uh, you know, a, a third or fourth wide receiver somewhere. I would think that Bynum, Seen did that at, at Georgia. Uh, and I think uh, that, of course, Bynum, as you say, corner in the past. So he's been there, done that at Cal, not at, not at the pro level, but uh, – uh, you know, if you don't have him on the outside on an island, because uh, one of the issues with him at Cal was that he wasn't that fast. Uh, that's why they were putting him back into the, the safety position. But uh, maybe closer to the line of scrimmage in, uh, you know, uh, in the slot kind of role, maybe that's not a big of an issue. I don't know. But, yeah, like I said, it's going to be fascinating to see how they kind of work that three safety thing. If they feel that they've got to have Bynum on the field, maybe that means that like Shannon Sullivan. Yeah. Uh, Shannon Sullivan is not your, your nickel guy. Cameron Bynum is, or sometimes Cameron Bynum is. Right. Or seen or however they want to arrange yeah. the puzzle pieces to make it work. So they get maximum defensive production out of it. Um, Lauren defense has some worrisome spots. We're going to get into that in our next uh, segment as we go into a deep dive into the depth chart. And Viking Jerome, yes, I like my T-shirt too. It makes sense. This team makes us all drink. Just ask Ted. <laughs> On the theme too. This is where we're going to get into the depth chart. Um, Donnie here, time for a shot and a beer. All this talk about <laughs> playing nickel on TV is forced me to drink. I'm drinking good old-fashioned tequila tonight, Donnie. It is wonderful. So, onto the depth chart. First position, we're going to talk. We're going to start with the offensive side of the ball with tackles. All right, I have highlighted on these charts that you'll see pop up. I have highlighted with the purple background, locked-in starters. And this is where we wish we had somebody doing. We're getting spammed. <laughs> um, go ahead and start talking while I report this to. Um, the authorities? The authorities, yes. Well, yeah, well, uh, doing a little bit of dive into the, the Vikings depth chart. Um, no surprise. 
uh, Christian Derrissaw, Brian O'Neill locked in, I think, uh, at uh, not I think, I know, at left tackle and right tackle for us. Uh, there, there'll be no competition there. Hopefully they don't get hurt. Those guys are going to be your starting left and right tackles. Uh, I, but again, uh, what's going to, the question is, the past few years, we've had um, Rashad Hill, for better or worse, was the swing tackle. That was pretty much set in stone. So who's going to be the swing tackle now? Uh, some talk about Vidarian Lowe maybe uh, sneaking in there. I think that Oliudo uh, is your number three, your swing tackle at the moment. And then Blake Brandle is also going to make the team because he can swing between guard mm-hmm. and tackle if you need be. And Vidarian Lowe, um, even though he's got great measurables, like a size, great character, fantastic kid, but he gave up um, – Scouting report says quite clearly gave up way too many pressures at Illinois at college against a lot of guys who are not going to be playing in the NFL. Uh, the The word is that they that they feel that the reasons he did that are fixable, but the main the the, the takeaway from that is that Vidarian Lowe needs some seasoning, and mm-hmm. I think that that's going to happen on a practice squad. I don't think he's going to make the team. I think he's going to be in the practice squad. Uh, if they can sneak him on there, uh, Timon, Timon Her- Paris, whoever he is, will be cut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, he might. Uh, I, I've heard of his name before, but uh, he's not going to make the team. That's pretty clear. So, yep. and it's going to be how many tackles do they keep? Is it three or is it four? Right. Yes. If it's three, you know, Oliudo has a little bit of an edge up because he's played guard. So, and Brando, I think, has also played a little bit of guard or been put in that position. So he was, he, they played him in heavy packages last year towards the end of the season. Yep. So he was playing guard, but he was a tackle, tackle at Oregon state. So speaking of guards on the guards here. Now the guards in the center centers are next. You can quasi mix and match right now. The only surefire starter right now is Ezra Cleveland at left guard. Right guard, we have Jesse Davis penciled in as the starter. He's been the one running with the ones. Like we said in the first segment, Ed Ingram hopefully will win that position. I hope he does. You have Austin Schlotman, and you have the one and only Wyatt Davis. Wyatt Davis. Yeah, again, again, we talked about Davis Ingram. I think that's a good training camp preseason battle to watch. I am really hoping that Ingram shines and can take it from Davis because, again, Davis is a journeyman. We know what he is. He's not great. Uh, the Vikings have done gone way too long with not great at the guard position right. on offensive line. Time to get some guys in there who actually excel. Uh, and uh, I'm hoping Ed Ingram is that guy. I know who won't be that guy, and that's going to be Austin Schlotman. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, I think that uh, – um, he does have versatility, can play a little bit of center. center. Uh, mm-hmm. They, you know, they might have a look at him as being, being a guy who could uh, be left guard or right guard. If, if one of the starters gets hurt there, I am not uh, really, uh, but I, I don't know. I, and Chris Cooper had coached him over in, in Denver. So has something to, to think about there. Uh, but I don't, uh, I think Schlotman makes the team somehow um, mm-hmm. because of his familiarity with his, with his, uh, and again, his versatility. Wyatt Davis uh, doesn't appear to be in the Vikings' plans this year, not mentioned, not running with the ones or twos, it appears, in the spring. Uh, he's going to get cut, I think, and that'll be uh, quite disappointing because I think a lot of us had high hopes for him uh, and uh, considering his college resume. But 
don't know what's up with Wyatt Davis. I, I can't be, uh, I don't know whether he just doesn't like football anymore. He's not working hard enough at it. We heard he went to training offensive line school again um, in the spring, but um, unless he really shows out and kicks ass in the preseason, uh, he is not going to be on the Vikings. Mm-hmm. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Sorry for the spam, folks. I don't have a dedicated uh, person that's monitoring that, so I've got to do it myself. And it is what it is. I try to block it and send reports to the Facebook authorities, and we'll see what happens. Sinners. Right now we have Garrett Bradbury, who seems to be clearly the starter as much as we may not like that. So maybe you'll change your minds this year, David. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully that's the case. He is no longer the smallest center in the league. Uh, So, and you have Chris Reed, Chris Reed. I put over this pile at center because he had talked about, he wanted a chance to win the starting center position. Vikings said yes. And then Josh Sokol, who is a rookie that they picked up, who is a center. And we'll also compete for that. Most likely, I think Josh makes um, the practice squad. Yeah, that's a Sokol. It would I think, yeah, not going to make the team, but certainly a practice squad candidate uh, because he'd be a center that you could bring up in case somebody gets hurt. I really feel that, uh, that uh, yeah, Chris Reed, we – Initially, when he got signed, we were like, okay, great. Another guy, you know, here's he's slightly better than Jesse Davis. Maybe he can get the, the right guard position over Davis. And now, apparently, he's uh, in the position to be in the running to be the backup center. Um, but, again, he's a guy that if something happens at the guard's position, somebody gets hurt. I've seen some depth charts. Um, well, ESPN actually has him at uh, as the backup at left guard to Ezra Cleveland. We'll see about that one. They also have Wyatt Davis there mm-hmm. as a backup to, back up to um, Ezra Cleveland. But, you know, Reed's going to make the squad, obviously, and he'll be one of those versatile guys that can play guard or center if he has to. Uh, if Bradbury struggles, then it'll, I suspect that Reed would be the guy that'll go in and replace him, just like Mason Cole did last year uh, in, you know, the middle of the season. And uh, Ruby has thrown down some pretty good jokes there. I uh, just wanted yeah. to acknowledge that. Yes, he is. <laughs> um uh, Tristan, where did you see that uh, Ingram and Booth just signed? Out of curiosity. Um, That's good if they did. It is good if they did. And then it takes all that stuff out of the way, and we're good to go. Um, then, uh, continuing on the offensive line, moving into the more skilled positions, we have the tight ends. Yeah, yeah. This is another spot where there's not a whole lot of intrigue. I don't think David or uh, Smith is Will tight start. end number one. Uh, Johnny Munt is tight end number two. Uh, the battle is going to be who's going to be tight end number three that the Vikings keep. Ben Ellison is nothing uh, special, but uh, I but and uh, but uh, he's there. I think Davidson is is in a tough spot because he's really not, unless he's gained about 700 pounds, uh, he's, you know, he, you know, he, he doesn't, he's not going to give you anything blocking. Um, uh, he's strictly a wide receiver, kind of a, you know, a, 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 one of the newer Travis Kelsey type guys, mm-hmm. right. Where he's not, he's, he's a 
basically a big wide receiver. Uh, so, uh, and he couldn't catch last year. So <laughs> we'll see. I think Nick, the, 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 the guy to watch is Nick Muse, the seventh round draft pick, uh, not a bad pass catcher, big dude can block. Uh, so it's, I think the third tight end is kind of, is going to be up between Elson and Muse. And I actually think Muse is going to be the guy that takes that job. Uh, and that, uh, you'll see Davidson, uh, Elson will get cut. Uh, Davidson might be a practice squad candidate. Um, the only way Davidson sticks on the team is he, he just balls out in preseason and catches, you know, it's just, Makes to, a name just for yeah. yeah, forces the Vikings to keep him. But right now, um, I see him getting cut completely, <laughs> not making the team. Um, answer to Lauren, yes, I do believe Bradbury has been reported he's put on some weight. Um, Tristan, no, as of this broadcast, there was no word on the signing of both of those players. That's why we brought it up. Uh, but I expect them to play. I expect them to go into camp as normal. They'll do insurance policies and go from there until it's figured out. Dinesh will try to address some of your questions there eventually. I know you've, you've, you've made some good points down there, mm-hmm. especially about the O-line and, and ignoring them. I think you he, he mentioned, uh, I wouldn't say the Vikings have ignored the O-line. They just, that, particularly the past two or three drafts, but uh, they just haven't been very successful with, you know, who they've selected and who they brought in in free agency to, to address the situation. And well, part of that, I think, is also they haven't been as – well coached as we'd hoped as well. However, I saw improvement last year. I it's, I hope for greater improvement this year, and the development of the you know the focus on we gotta we gotta build a good line. So. Yeah, Chris Cooper is actually in a very important hire that the Vikings have made because if he proves to be a very very good offensive line coach, who can get the most out of his players, uh, which is something I think that has been lacking with the Vikings offensive line coaches in previous seasons, then he's going to be well worth them, you know, worth every penny that they're paying him because uh, yeah, it'd be nice to see the coaches who whatever, for whatever reason have the ability to get the most out of the mm-hmm. guys that we've got there, even if they're, you know, their previous, their resume suggests that they're not that great. Like a Jesse Davis. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're on to wide receivers and top three seem pretty well set. Obviously, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver one, the forever young Adam Thielen, wide receiver two. Did you know he's from Minnesota? He's one of us. And K.J. Osborne looks to have wide receiver, as of now, um, pretty wide receiver three locked in. But, as you know, Kevin O'Connell runs a pass-happy offense. We're going to a pass-first offense versus the old 1995 run-first offense. So, um, having Emir Marset, B.C. Johnson healthy, uh, will all help. We have Jalen Naylor. Some folks are very high on him as to uh, whether he can make the final 53 and in what capacity, uh, special teams or as a receiver, because he's fast. And uh, we'll go from there. What do you think of the wide receivers? Like you said, the first three are, are there is no doubt that those are one, number one, two, and three. So they, they the 
the, what's going to be the battle in training camp preseason is who's going to be number four or five or maybe six. Uh, I think that right now BC Johnson is your number four. Uh, he apparently had a very strong, strong spring with the Vikings after coming back from being out all last year with a knee injury. He's number four, and he, you know, his rookie year was very encouraging. His second year was disappointing; uh, didn't really make an impact. Uh, but uh, he's shown he can do a few things at the pro level, and he's got, uh, you know, a, no, not a burner, but a guy who's uh, a guy who's uh, I think uh, can handle the number four spot. Amir Smith Marset, I think uh, he's going to make the team just because of the, you know, the, he's got the home run threat, and also, um, you know, he showed improvement last year. Uh, and if he's able to to win the punt return yes. battle, yeah, then that certainly locks it up. I, I think all those other guys down there, I really feel that um, we'll have to see. I am going, I think Albert Wilson, although a veteran with the most experience uh, of all those bottom tier right. guys, uh, his, his production has gone down the past few years. He'll be 30 uh, when the season starts. Um, I don't, yeah, I just and I just I think he's going to get cut um, and not going to make the team. I think Naylor, out of all those guys, is going to be the guy that sticks, uh, and especially again if he ends up winning the punt return job. But uh, he showed he was a big play guy at Michigan State. He's got big playability. I think that you know they look at him. They'll look at him as a guy that they can develop. Keenan McCardell will look at him as a guy he can develop. We know that McCardell. Pounded, apparently pounded the table for him in the draft. So he really likes this kid. And if Naylor has a strong training camp again, uh, shows, you know, is solid in preseason, I think that's going to be enough to, to make the team. Um, Drew is all of those other guys like Dan Chisna, who's been strictly a special teamer. I don't see how he makes the team now. Right. Uh, they just, he just hasn't shown enough value as a special teamer to make the team when that's all he does. Uh, Thomas Hennigan, you talked about him a while back. I believe Appalachian State guy uh, returns punts. Uh, so yes, so uh, he, that might be his way on the team. I'm not seeing it. Um, Drew mentioned Dark Horse Tristan Jackson. I got to admit, I don't know anything about him. The Vikings had him on the practice. You know, they had him last year, uh, and um, I believe he was with the Chargers at one time. But, uh, you know, I, I feel that he's going to get cut. But, hey, we'll see. Uh, but, you know, I think Amir Smith-Marset, uh, Smith-Marset, B.C. Johnson, Jalen Naylor are the other three wide receivers that the Vikings keep. Yeah, and it, it, they've got to prove it out. This is what's going to be fun about camp is to watch these guys play, both catching footballs and catching punts, because especially on the bottom of this side of this list, You've got to be good at special teams to help your case to make this team. So, And you know that J.J., Thielen, uh, uh, for sure, are going to mm-hmm. play very, very little in preseason. Right. I'd be surprised if you saw them play more than a quarter. Right, exactly. On to the running backs. Here we know our starters, Dalvin Cook. And believe it or not, he's only, what, 26, 27 years old? He is literally, for running backs, hitting that prime year, right? And he hasn't, you know, it's they hit get up to about 29 and they go down off that cliff. But right now, he is his prime year. I do believe with this new offense, even though we're not a run-first offense, I think we're going to see some pretty fantastic numbers out of it. 
Ted, yeah, uh, Ted, yeah, Chad BB's gone. Chad, Chad BB joke, yeah, no, that, yeah, uh, will he be back? Hopefully not. Uh, yes, Dalvin Cook, number one, no doubt about it. Uh, the, the, but you know, let's keep in mind, Cook has never played a full season mm-hmm. in the NFL, so you need a good backup. Uh, I think, I think there is a battle here between Alex or Alexander Madison and somebody else. Uh, I think that somebody else right now is going to be Wang Chun, Kenne Nwongu. Uh, like Madison is your solid, steady, mm-hmm. meat and potatoes, no frills, backup. You know what you're going to get with him. I like him, although he wasn't as effective last year, I felt, as he had been in previous years. Uh, but uh, Kenne Nwongu has an opportunity here, but is he's going to have to show that he, that, you know, he can – He's got the big playability, the home run ability that we right. love, and we we were hoping that he can get incorporated more in the offense somehow. But uh, he has to be able to show that he can read blocks, uh, which I think was and be he's, he he didn't get used a lot at Iowa State. We know that uh, there was he was behind two very good running backs, <laughs> and that was the big reason why. But he's when we've seen him the few times we've seen him running, and he doesn't look. I don't know. There's something missing there or something, you know, as far as reading blocks, hitting the holes, right. Uh, but if he really improves on that, then I think, he, you know, it's possible he could vault over Madison with a new coaching staff that values different things. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. We know, we know Wang Chung's going to be the kickoff returner because I think he's the best in the league right. in, <laughs> already in one year. Um, so the other question is who's going to be the third running back? Because again, if cook gets nicked up, misses games, you need somebody as a backup to your backup. And that's going to be where Ty Chandler and Brian Colback are. That's going to be the battle there. Or well, teams generally value the players that's drafted more than the undrafted rookie free agents they get. So Chandler's got a leg up on Colback right now. Uh, but uh, both of them have strong college resumes. Kobach, I th- again, uh, he's got. We know that Cook will barely play in preseason. Right. Be surprised if he touches even touches the ball more than one or two times. So there's going to be opportunities for Chandler and Kobach in the second half of all three of these preseason games. That's where the battle is going to be won or lost for those guys on making the team or not making the team. And I, I think I think Chandler's going to make it. Uh, it's going to stick, and Kobach will be a guy that goes on the practice squad. And for some reason, I don't know what the role is for CJ Ham, but I think that he's going to make the team. Uh, uh, I do believe Kevin O'Connell's talked about, you know, people have asked him, but the Rams don't use a fullback. What are you going to do? He goes, I've never had a good enough fullback to use. I think he does like CJ Ham. I think CJ Ham makes the team. It's going to be interesting to see how he actually does employ a fullback. Uh, yeah. Jake Vargas is an eight back, typical um, style. I don't see Jake making it. Question is, how many running backs do they keep? If they keep only four, right? I see Cook, I see Nwangu, I see Chandler, and I see CJ Ham and Drew, or not Drew, but uh, Ruby. That answers your question. They may let Alexander Madison walk. Um, release him as a veteran release, you know, further down into the preseason because they only, and that may be an indicator that they're only keeping four backs because it would be CJ Ham being the fourth one. We'll find out, you know, it's, it's a pass happy offense. I expect them to keep more wide receivers than I do running backs. So that's why I'm thinking they may only keep four and Madison may be the odd man out. 
and it was it was ancient history, but uh, Ham was a running back at Augustana, right? right? Any any and he actually in his first preseason with the Vikings, uh, they you know he played a running back and was actually one of the preseason kind of stars. Uh, um, and, but he transitioned to fullback, and he does a very good job at that. But but yeah, mm-hmm. uh, just something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. And from that, we move on to the QB depth chart. This yeah, we'll talk about yeah, this one. We'll talk about this one a little later. But yeah, and 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 there our third theme. But this one's pretty much cemented in so far. We've got three on the roster. Uh, we have the ghost of Nate Stanley there below, but it's Kirk <laughs> Cousins, and then who's going to be? Who are we going to talk about being the actual backup QB if Kirk gets hurt? Who's going to be the one that comes into the games? Um, right now, Sean Mannion's number two, Kellen Mond's number three, and we look forward to seeing if Kevin O'Connell is the QB whisperer that we've all heard, and that he's going to make Kirk Cousins absolutely fantastic, give him a Hall of Fame run in one season, and if he goes down, what can he do with Mannion and Mond? But that wraps up the offense. You want to get into the quarterbacks in theme three, so we'll hold off on that. Yeah, I wouldn't have anything to add about the quarterbacks anyway, Dave. Really, uh, like you said, Cousins is number one, and then really the question is: Is it Mond or Mannion who's going to be your your backup? And we'll talk a bit about that. Um, interior defensive line. Uh, I also uh, agree with a couple of comments below about how uh, some of the commenters talking about how Madison will will stick this year. The Vikings won't get rid of him because uh, he's been a dependable backup for Cook, and Cook gets hurt a fair bit. So. I think that Madison will stick, but uh, I've been wrong many times before. Interior defense, you know, interior our defensive line, um, the pitcher, the three guys, Tomlinson, Phillips, Armand Watts. I think those are one A, one B, one C as far as your your starters go. Uh, again, the the battle is going to be who out of the guys in the black below them are going to stick with the team. Uh, I think that James Lynch is going to make the team. Uh, I think that. Uh, the uh, fifth rounder is easy Otomaweo, who I'm probably not pronouncing properly, will make the team. Uh, and and then after that, I actually think that T.Y. McGill will make the team. I thought he played a little bit the past. He played a fair bit of snaps the past the last few games last year, and uh, he actually he actually made a bit of an impact. I noticed him on the field, which was more than I could say for some other guys. Uh, so I think that he might make the team because there, you know, you look at that defensive line, there's not a whole lot of great uh, uh-huh. depth behind there. Some people will, might be surprised uh, that I think Jalen Twyman, uh, I don't think he will make the team for the Vikings and none of those other guys will. Buller, TJ Smith, Julian Taylor, Tyrese Stevenson, mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I, I know Twyman, um, we, we were, when he got drafted last year at, in the sixth round, we were very, I was very interested to see what he, what he would do. Uh, then he got shot in the off season three times and, and, you know, was his rookie year was a write-off, but I just think, um, he's, he's just not big enough to play in a three, four, uh, on, uh, as an interior defensive lineman. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he'd be a better fit in a 4-3. Uh, and so I don't think that he's really got a role with the Vikings 
in this new 3-4 defense. That's why I don't think he's going to make the team. I don't disagree. It's going to be who makes the backup spots. Um, I agree with you, Lynch. I, Atamoyo, I suspect. And uh, but now we're up to $60 for me to light my beard on fire. The answer is no. I've been growing it out so I can wear the, the Viking beads at some point in time here in the next season that my number one daughter gave me for Christmas. And I'm not going to set it on fire there, Ted. I hope Uh-oh, I am We're now up to 100 bucks. Oh, yeah, boy. you had a couple zeros of that, folks. I might consider it, but. <laughs> uh, um, yes. Ooh, that went wrong. Now, outside linebackers, they've renamed, the Vikings have renamed the positions. We have interior defensive lines, linemen, which is nose tackle and defensive ends in the the uh, present configuration. And your old style and the 4-3 defensive ends are now considered outside linebackers. What I find interesting about that is when it comes to contract negotiations, defensive ends get paid more than linebackers, outside linebackers <laughs> do. So it's going to be interesting how that works its way out, but we're not to that point yet. Um, for facial reconstruction. Yeah, you got that right. Thanks, Lord. I appreciate it. Um, the first two, the starters, left and right, are a lock. Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter. If they can stay healthy... This is going to be the best edge rushing duo in the league, bar none. It's who comes after them that makes this interesting. Yeah, I think DJ Wanham is going to be the guy that gives them a blow uh, during the games. Um, as long as he shows he's he's got an aptitude for you know playing in the stand up linebacker role. Uh, but uh, he'd be my favorite as your number number two guy with 1A and 1B being Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter. Uh, and then after that, I think Patrick Jones, the second, third, well, whatever he is. I think he's the third. I think I've, I yeah. missed on one of those ones. He's yeah. the third. The, and Janarius Robinson are going to be the two other guys that make it. Um, Mincy, Mm-hmm. As uh, he made the team as an uh, made the Broncos last year as an undrafted rookie free agent, uh, played under Ed Donatel. Uh, so it's quite possible that if he has a strong preseason, Donatel knows him well. I'm clearly brought him in because of his familiarity with him and liked him as a player. Uh, maybe he t- takes Janarius Robinson's spot mm-hmm. um, and, and sneaks in there. I think uh, Louis. G. Villain um, had a very good year at Wake Forest last year, but he's got a lot of holes in his game. Uh, so he won't make the team, uh, but he, he'll make the, I think pra- he will be, practice, he'll squad. Make the pra- practice squad as well. And uh, Zach McLeod, depending on how many linebackers they want to keep, he might also be a practice squad candidate, but certainly not. I don't see him making the team. Mm-hmm. Now it's off to the inside linebackers, the interior linebackers. The, here again. The first two, top two are set. Eric Kendricks and Jordan Hicks. Thank you, Purple yep. Pocket. Indeed, they're set. I think that Brian Asamoa is going to be the, like the, the other guy, one. the third guy. Really intrigued to see how they use him uh, because he's a unique player, as we know, not the biggest kid. 
um, kind of you know quite similar as far as build and the, the way he played his game. I think as to Chaz as Chaz Surratt, but um, anyhow, I think Osimo is your number three guy there. I think Blake Lynch has a good shot of making the team. Uh, he showed more playmaking ability when he played last year than Troy Die. I uh, again, it, we'll see how many inside linebackers they have, but I, I think that. Uh, I'm not sure if Die makes the team. Uh, he's been on it for two years. Uh, doesn't really, you know, he's not an interior linebacker, really. He's he's a thin, he's a tall, thin. He's a he's a weird, got yeah, weird build he's for a hybrid linebacker, sort of. Yeah. yeah, and he and so I don't think he makes the team. I think Chaz Surratt's dead man walking. He ain't going to make the team unless he completely blows up in preseason and sh- makes and shows and makes all kinds of the plays that he made in North Carolina. At the pro level, uh, I think he's going to get an opportunity, unlike last year in the preseason. But I don't think he's going to make the team. I just don't see what his role is. Uh, Conley and uh, Quinquio, or however it's <laughs> however it's pronounced, uh, not making the team. Uh-huh. Uh, it's again on this. Once you get to the backup spots, these guys have absolutely got to shine in these preseason games, and especially shine on special teams. Yeah. They've got to make themselves indispensable to make the roster because there's no no assurity once you get past Asamoa, I think, or Lynch. I think Lynch does make it that you're going to make the team. You are literally going to have to bust your butt and show that you deserve to be there. The good news for those guys is that you typically keep a lot of linebackers and safeties. Uh, you know, usually employ a lot of those on your special team. So there is a there was a way for you to sneak onto the roster. Uh, if, if yeah, like I say, if you're a special teams demon, uh, but you know don't don't have the the right stuff right now to be to play a role as a contributor on a on a defensive unit. Um, but special teams, yeah, that can be your ticket to making this squad. That's Dinesh, why Ryan Connolly is on the team or has been right. on the team. Dinesh, what I've heard about uh, Asamoah so far is they're liking what they're seeing. That's coming from some of my beat writer friends. So we'll see. Did we feel uh, – uh, Lauren said that uh, Kendricks had a down year last year. I mean, I mean clearly the whole defense right. was down, but uh, he set a career high in sacks. Uh, his tackles were close to a career high. Um, you know, I he was he as good as in pass coverage as the previous couple of years? I don't know if I'd make an argument for that, but I don't, I don't know. I'd be – It'd be tough for me to make an argument that Kendricks had a down year last year. I think he played on a very, very bad defense, which made it hard for him. And he had to cover for a lot of what was going on. Mm -hmm. Now we're on the corners. Here, I think, pretty sure I'm I'm saying, Peterson and Dantzler, your two outside corners, starting. If Booth makes it works his way into that, okay, then he's better than one of the other, one of those two. Um, We sort of thought that Patrick Peterson had dropped off a little bit last year. However, PFF looked, we talked about this before, on how actually covering, corner covering a receiver, and he was one of the, he was top five. So, and I think Cameron Dantzler, he's one of our breakout players, because he did extremely well, and PFF had him almost as an elite player, 
last year in their original grading, not so much on the coverage side where Peterson went up, but if he steps up and learns more, and in this system, the Adonatel system, the corners don't have all the responsibilities that they had under the Zimmer system. So it should be interesting. But who do you think is starting and who could compete for nickel? We know Booth is going to be in competition. Yes. Again, some people think that it's going to be uh, uh, Booth instead of Dancer, opposite. Dancer last year, unlike his rookie season, Dancer struggled in preseason and and what we read in training camp. And uh, he got behind the eight ball uh, with, with his coaching staff and ended up you know finding himself not even dressed for the season opener. Um, because he had such had such an unimpressive preseason, so if he repeats that with a new coaching staff, uh, maybe you know they probably will won't even care about the PFF grades. They'll go by what they're seeing day to day, and he could which they should dancer, yeah, you know, which they should. And Cameron Dancer could get replaced by somebody like Andrew Booth Jr. I don't see it happening though. But I think again, the the nickel spot, like we talked about, is it going to be Sullivan or is it? Andrew Booth Jr. going to sneak in there and take that from Sullivan and move Sullivan down. Sullivan's certainly making the team. Andrew Booth Jr. certainly making the team. And I think a Caleb Evans, who uh, uh, mm-hmm. I can't see the Vikings uh, not keeping a fourth rounder that I think believe they traded up to get. To get, uh, right. He's going to make the uh, team. He's going to make the team. And that means that uh, bye-bye Chris Boyd, uh, Perry Nickerson is um, Ty Smith's and Perry Nickerson, a possible uh, practice squad candidates. I think Chris Boyd's going to be out. Uh, and uh, Nate Harrison, uh, and and it's going to be bye-bye Harrison Hand as well, who I thought showed some promise in his rookie year, uh, but really didn't get on the field at all last year. Uh, but he's going to be gone. Uh, and uh, I don't know, again, how many cornerbacks they keep. Is Nate Harrison, is he going to get the Ed Donatel uh, treatment like uh, uh, Dom will keep him because if he's familiar with him and he believes right. in his potential uh, and believes if he's healthy that he can help the team. I think that Harrison will stick, uh, but Boyd, Harrison Hand, Perry Nickerson, and Ty Smith will not stick. And again, Nickerson's been on the practice squad a few the past two years and uh, pr- could get on there again. Yes, Drew, you're right. It's all guessing a lot of ways until they start getting up there and, and showing us in some preseason games uh, what they can do or what they're not doing. Yep. And I agree. On to the safeties. All right. Right now, we know Harrison Smith's locked in. Question is, who's going to be beside Harrison Smith? I have Lewis Seen up there. I'm thinking he's going to be next to Harrison Smith. He's going to win that spot. Cameron Bynum still has an opportunity to do that because prior to the draft, we were like, hey, Harrison Smith and Cameron Bynum, we're cool with that. They were doing good. Yeah. And so, um, and then you have Metellus, Dorn, and a rookie undrafted free agent, Mike Brown. Yeah, so Smith, Seen, and Bynum are locks, of course, and it, it's really um, the the last three guys: Metellus, Brown, and uh, Miles Dorn. Which one of those three is going to be the fourth safety? Uh, I would watch out. Um, I would watch out. Uh, I think that it Dorn is Dorn. Uh, he keeps sticking around, but I don't, haven't seen him really show anything when any time he's played at any capacity. Uh, Metellus 
And I think it's going to be down. Metellus and Mike Brown are going to be the ones fighting for that fourth safety spot. I actually mm-hmm. think that I'm going on a hunch here that Brown will beat out Metellus. They're quite similar players, I think. Um, like stocky builds, willing tacklers, uh, physical guys, but not very good in coverage, which is an issue in today's NFL. Um, Metellus does. So again, like the, some of those linebacker spots, Brown and Metellus are going to make the team based on what they can do on special teams more than what they can do, I think, uh, as a as a safety on the field. Not that that's not a strong consideration, but I think uh, they're similar players uh, at that, again, the how they do, how they fit in at special teams is going to play a big role in whether they make the team or not make the team. And again, I'm just a hunch here, like Drew said, kind of guessing, but I think Brown is going to be the fourth safety that the Vikings keep. Uh, very well. I don't see Dorn making it this year. Metellus, Drew asked, where'd Metellus go to school? I would defer that to Ted and where his Ohio State Buckeyes beat him every year. They played him. Yes, Ty. He's from Michigan. That's he was indeed a Wolverine. Yeah. And that brings us, that ends up the defense, and we're now to the specialists. Here, there's not much of a competition except for possibly, and I think this is a possibly, only if unlikely at punter. Uh, Greg Joseph is your kicker. He won that weeks ago. Uh, Jordan Berry is last year's punter, expects to be this year's punter. However, they do have uh, undrafted rookie Ryan Wright, who supposedly did extremely well in college. Let's see how the rookie does. I look forward to watching that competition because Jordan Berry is okay. There's nothing to write home. He's not going to Canton as the next, you know, uh, greatest punter that ever lived. And long snapper Andrew DePaulo has no competition. So here's it. Like I said, the only competition here I see is a punter, and I look forward to watching. Yeah, like you said, uh, Dave Barry was was um, okay last year, but he didn't have he didn't have such a good year that that uh, his job is safe. I believe right. Uh, That's why. If he really if he struggles right. in training camp and in preseason, and Ryan Wright does not, then I think that then there's quite a, there's an opportunity for Wright to win the job uh, because uh, again you know punters are punters they don't cost that much money uh, and again Barry was not so good last year he did a good job downing punts inside the twenty uh, but uh, but again he wasn't he wasn't so good at his job that that obviously the Vikings didn't. Uh, felt the need to bring in competition for him. And they've done that in Ryan Wright and they've kept Ryan Wright around. And so, yeah, that is where the, the one battle could be. And again, if Barry struggles and Wright shines, you could see those, those P one and P two numbers flip. Mm-hmm. Now, um, if Ryan White, Wright makes the team, I'm going to struggle all season long because as most of you know, during the games, I drink, uh, usually my IPAs, but sometimes other stuff. And I've come on the show a little bit uh, primed and <laughs> saying Ryan Wright is uh, going to be a tongue twister. 
<laughs> and your tongue will be very swollen uh, at that point. But. <laughs> but speaking of drinking, this brings us to our partner, Lake Monster Brewing. Lake Monster Brewing, if you're in St. Paul or in the Twin Cities, they're located just across the river in St. Paul, Lake Monster Brewery. They have a new beer out this week. It is a Belgian Session Pale Ale. It is a light, only a 4.0 ABV, so it's a light alcohol, good for thirst quenching, you know. Looks like a wheat beer, Davey. It very well could, and uh, it, it it's there to quench your thirst, rehydrate you without getting you just too over the top, like a nice thick double IPA would. Um, but they are there; they're still producing. I did talk to Matt this Matt Lang, the their brewmeister this week. We talked about if they've ever done or if anybody's done a wild rice. Um, ale, and yes, in fact, they have. They might bring it back. And also reminded him, we talked about Oktoberfests, and he goes, thanks, Dave, for reminding me. I need to start a batch. So we can come up at the end of September. There will be an Oktoberfest. Thanks to me reminding Matt that it needs to be done. So <laughs> when it comes to good beer, if you're in a mood, good, you know, on location, they have food trucks there. Good food, good company, and great beer. I suggest Lake Monster Brewing in St. Paul. And now on to theme three. This one sort of surprised me when you sent me these notes. You want to talk about Nate Stanley, who's no longer on the team. Yeah, I don't think I've ever talked about Stanley on the show for I for had good no reason. pictures of him. I had done no <laughs> artwork, no graphics, no nothing ever on Nate Stanley. Well, there's a first time for everything, I guess. Yes, there is. Uh, um yeah, I did want to talk about Nate or briefly about not so much talk about Nate Stanley, but uh yeah, we the huge news that he got cut earlier this mm-hmm. week from the Vikings, the number 4 uh quarterback uh, on the Vikings and uh yeah, I, I wanted to talk about it because uh, we talked a few months ago about a few times actually about the Calamon situation, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that Stanley's the the reason the fact that he was cut um, helps Cal, helps Calamon a little bit in, in what I want to see the Vikings do with Calamon. Uh, last I've talked about it before. Where last year Calamon's rookie season was a complete waste for Mond. And for the Vikings, uh, they didn't seem to invest outside the preseason. You know, he they didn't invest seem to invest any development in him. Zimmer didn't like him, uh, didn't even talk to him. Apparently, according to Mond, and I don't Mond's think Zimmer dad. likes any quarterback, not named no, Teddy no. or Sam. So, so really, yeah, really a waste of a rookie season for Kellamon. And the Vikings really need to have a plan. I hope Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips have a plan for Kellamon to find out what they have in this kid uh, because uh, they need to find out what they have about him. I think that Nate Stanley's uh, – the c- cutting Nate Stanley helps a little bit. It's not so much uh, training camp. We talked about this offline, Dave, that uh, – Cutting Nate Stanley doesn't mean that 
Kelman's going to get more reps in training camp and practices because the, all the quarterbacks are probably on a pitch count daily. They can only throw so many balls, so you don't you know wear their arm out. But during preseason, uh, not having Nate Stanley on the squad, a fourth quarterback on the squad, means there's no need to for the coaching staff to like give him some work in right. preseason. Uh, and there's only three preseason games. We don't know how the Vikings are going to approach the preseason right now under this new staff. You've got a new offensive coordinator, uh, a new off- a new head coach, offensive-minded head coach. Maybe they feel that they'll need to play Kirk Cousins more in preseason than normal because they want to get you know right. used to game. They got a new offense they're installing. They got uh, they not- and they want to get used to calling plays. And- yeah, the communication. That's right. they want the whole communication, the rhythm, how that all that's all going to work. So Cousins, I expect, will play more than he did last preseason. But uh, the bulk of the time uh, in the three games isn't going to be with Kirk Cousins not in there. So it's that's going to mean that you've only got two guys that you can work in, Kellamond and Sean Mannion. And the more... Kellen needs reps. He needs a lot of reps in game situations. He's basically gone a full year without playing at all. So the preseason, he is going to have to play. Nate Stanley is gone, so they don't have to waste two series a game on him. It can all go to Mond and Sean Mannion, and they can battle it out for the backup quarterback position. And I think even in Mannion's case, preseason isn't really something that helps him at all because He's been in the league a long time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel the preseason, he, he's experienced, he's smart, he knows how defenses, in the vanilla defenses that are going to be run against him in preseason, right. he'll be able to recognize that and pick those apart, I think. He's the kind of quarterback who in, can really shine in preseason, I think, and he'll put up good stats because he's a veteran, he's smart, You know, he's been around, he knows what defenses that are doing basic stuff, how to attack them. Uh, those are the things that Kellen Mond really needs to work on. Um, and just reps, reps, reps. So really, I feel that the Vikings, if they're, you know, if they're smart, uh, they're going to give Kellen Mond the a bulk whole lot of, of the, the whole lot of work when Cousins isn't in there. And Mannion just needs, I would like to see, would just get a few token series here and there. Uh, and then if, if Mond really sh- shines, then you're like, hey, he's our backup, you know? <laughs> uh, well, but you know, if you don't have that fourth QB that you got to even even two or three series in a couple of games, I don't want the Vikings wasting that on a Nate Stanley who they should have never drafted and who is not going to be an NFL quarterback anyway. A quick Use story about on- Nate Stanley. When Kellen Mond came off of COVID last year, he was supposedly told, um, I got this from one of the beat writer buddies, he was told, you've got a day to win to move up and win yourself a spot on the team. He was lost 20 pounds. He was weak, wasn't feel good, still recovered. And he goes out in one day and beats Nate Stanley for the spot. That tells you the quality of Nate Stanley. As much as we may like the fact that he was drafted by us, you know, under Spielman, it letting him go, that's fine. Absolutely fine. And I agree with you. I think the extra reps are going to help, and it's going to be up to these two fine gentlemen. It is. And I think that um, in some in some way, uh, there was um, a comment about letting um, 
Mon play the the entire second half of all three preseason games. I actually I'd like to see him play that and more. Right. And actually, because in the second half of preseason games, Mon is going to be playing with third and fourth stringers, which isn't going to help him very much. Right. Uh, <laughs> I I don't think. I'd like to see him working with like the twos, maybe even the ones a little bit. So that's going to be who you'd be facing. In a game, that's who you'd be playing with in a game, and exactly. the defenses, the defenses are going to likely have their first and second stringers at least in some. Some of them will be in that at that time too. So that's also who you'd be facing in a game, uh, not third and fourth stringers and guys that are going to be on the practice squad or just cut and out of football entirely. I don't. Uh, so it, it, it's great though if Mon can really play well, even considering he's playing with lesser talent around him and and against him, but uh, just. Need a lot of snaps from him in the preseason, and Nate Stanley not taking any away from them, I think, is is a small but not insignificant step in the right direction for Kellen Mond's development. And if Kevin O'Connell does what the Rams do, Kirk Cousins isn't going to play hardly at all. Uh, most mm. of the first stringers will not. I do hope the offensive line does. So they work on their chemistry and stuff. And the fact that they only get 12 padded practices during the preseason, I hope that they uh, they work a lot as well. But it opens up, yes, I agree with you, a whole lot of time. Hopefully he does come in with the ones and the twos. Because Sean Mannion, we talk about Mannion being the backup now. He's the number two guy. And we also talk about it being he's basically on the team as the quasi-quarterback's assistant coach, right? And he's got such a great working relationship with Kirk Cousins, blah, blah, blah. And he does not want to go into coaching because he said it. Why should I go into coaching when I could get, you know, backup quarterback money, which is a lot more than coaching money? And, uh. That leads us to, well, if that's the case, if Kirk Cousins, by chance, and hopefully it doesn't happen, gets hurt and we need a backup quarterback, who's the better quarterback? Who gives the Vikings a better chance of winning? Or if you're on the pessimistic side of losing, um, well, I shouldn't even say that. Uh, if you're working towards the draft, that's why you'd want to lose to tank. Yeah. But. Um, would you want to see what you have in Kellamond, or you know what you get in, you know, Sean Mannion? How many games are you going to win with Sean Mannion? Well, you aren't going to win any. Uh, Sean Mannion's started four games in the NFL, and he's own and his teams are own four in those games. And um, so, yeah, I. There's there's no mystery with Mannion. Uh, he's not a very good quarterback for some reason. We've had him as a backup a few seasons now, and and the Rams had him as a backup before that. But hey, you know, I, there I guess there is some value to being uh, having a good relationship with the starting quarterback and being like a second coach to him. But it doesn't help you very much when that quarterback can't play, as we found out against Green Bay last year. And then you your your backup quarterback goes in there and he's overmatched, and you've mm-hmm. got no shot at winning, even if even if your shot of winning with Cousins was not all that great to begin with. I looked at the box score for that game in preparation for this show. That was disgusting. <laughs> it, it wasn't pretty, yeah. Nope. And it went just about as most of us expected it would go, too. Yeah. So, to close it up, 
this guy's got to get as many reps, I think. He's got to play. Yeah, Kirk Cousins does not. You know, Kirk Cousins, they'll be in there for, you know, a drive, two drives, maybe a quarter to work on all the stuff that they need to. And then I'm fine with not even, I think it was Drew said, not even letting Mannion in the game. Just put in, tell him on for the rest of them. You know, rest of that time. In each of those games, let him play. That's what I would like to see, yes. Mm-hmm. So, this is a good question by Dinesh. Um, I don't know, Dinesh. It's he may the what his reasoning is for not finding another quarter quarterback. He, they may be playing it out this year with Kirk Cousins. That's partially owner driven, and then they may be looking to that great draft in 2023 where they may make a move for one of those quarterbacks. I don't know the thinking behind that. That's my only assumption, knowing that they didn't go anywhere this year on that. One shot from Sackles. Yes, Drew, I hope for many, many, many Sackles this season (laughs) to call from uh, our uh, Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter, and even the big fat boys in the middle. I want to see Sackles, Sackles, and more Sackles. If they're if those two boys are healthy, Smith and Hunter, there will be a few Sackles. Oh, you guarantee? I can guarantee it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Two hundred pressures, yeah, eighteen or so Sackles per season. Both <laughs> them. Oh, yeah. Woo. It's going to be a fun season. That's it. That's the whole show. We ran a little bit long, but we knew we we anticipated that we would. Um, I hope this helped everybody that was watching. I do want to thank everybody that joined us. We have stayed steady the whole the whole show uh, with yes, total viewerships. I appreciate everybody that's joined us. Drew, Dinesh, Ty, uh, even Mister Smiles, uh, Lauren, right, Tristan, uh, Ruby, Ted. Uh, Purple Haze, everybody, you've been great. We've appreciated it, and you guys are absolutely awesome. Any last words before I wrap up with what's going to be happening this week on Climbing the Pocket? Just that we're, yeah, with the training camp opening, we're getting finally, we're finally sort of there, David, like to getting football back. Minnesota Viking football back, NFL football back that we can watch and enjoy. And uh, so it, this is a great time of the year for me as a fan uh, because there's no pressure, but we know that football is coming. And I even look forward to the exhibition games because I'm always just so interested to see what, particularly what the rookies are going to do, who's going to show up, who, you know, and uh, how they're, you know, how they're all going to make me, uh, know how they're going to fit into mm-hmm. the team what their roles potentially be so it's a fun time of the year and always a, I think a, 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 I, I think always a, an optimistic time of the year too and uh, Ruby's asking I, for an A I know yeah but I don't say A a lot Ruby I don't think I do uh-uh. um, if you're wanting to get into some Vikings history while we Wait for everything to get going. Like I said, pads don't come on till August 1st. We'll start to get news coming out of camp 
this week, especially with the conferences on Tuesday. Um, check out Luke Braun. He does Locked On Vikings. He is doing a historic um, whole uh, documentary. I think it's seven parts. The first part came out, the, the pre-part where he talks about prior to the Vikings and how Minnesota is important to football. It is now on YouTube. Just look up Luke Braun. Uh, you should find it. Friend of the show, friend of mine. He's the one that got me into all the video portion of this. I appreciate him very much for that. Now, climbing the pocket. We've got guys talking about coming back and doing shows. Yay, finally. Um, this week, expect a Vikings happy hour. We may have a Vikings hot take on Thursday if there's enough news. I suspect there will be. Uh, you have that crew with Flip and Eric Thompson. They're getting the itch to come back on. They've just been waiting for some news. Hopefully, we'll have some by Thursday. Like I said, Matt Anderson and Ryan will be here on Wednesday. Uh, Tuesdays, up in the air and not likely. Monday, we will have Tyler Fornis with the real Forno, as usual. So we're ramping up, and we will get into our full season production mode, where it's five to seven shows a week. But as of right now, this is your preseason primer your training camp primer. I want to thank Darren for being such a great partner and doing two old bloggers. And be safe, be happy, enjoy a good beverage. And if it's you're in the St. Paul area, make it Lake Monster. And what do we say, Darren? We say skull, eh? <laughs> skull Vikings! Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found, and to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.